0: It was a little shocking for me, though, because I was like, hold on, instead of just being a little gross, you would rather my employees who are mostly in their 20s, you know, young guys, you're just like, hey, just go grab those guns and just hand them to me. Just these illegal guns or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we trust you. Welcome
1: to the Sparky Life Podcast. I'm your host, Leah LaMella, and here we create the sparks in our lives. Join me on this electrical journey, where I highlight skilled trade tales and construction career opportunities with those I've met along the way. Thank you for joining for Trade Tales Continued. Hello, hello. In today's episode, we are joined by Jeff Naeem. He is the owner of Junkaholics, a New Jersey-based junk removal company. He has been running the business for over a decade. And today, Jeff shares his favorite thing about his industry. There is always an exciting new story or interesting discovery his team encounters. He discusses how he stepped into the skilled trades world and his love for networking and connecting with fellow entrepreneurs, as well as the inside scoop within the junk removal industry. So welcome with me, Jeff Naim. Hey Jeff! Hey, how are you? Good, good. How are
0: you? Doing good. Nice to finally meet you.
1: Yes, you too, you too. And it's awesome that I finally get a chance to get a full insight into your story. Cause I just I feel like I just know the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Start off by telling us your background in skilled trades, and where you grew up, and just kind of give me some backbone here.
0: Yeah, so I'm from uh, Northern New Jersey. I uh, I actually did not, um, you know, kind of grow up working in the uh, in the trades. I was originally a totally different direction where I uh, I was actually working in financial services. Uh, oh, if you can believe it. Yeah, completely yeah, different. Completely <laughs> totally different. different. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, and I I I did it for a little bit and uh it I just found it very kind of soul crushing and uh didn't really yeah, it just really really wasn't for me. Uh, I wanted to do something a little more hands-on, a little more creative, something where I could kind of figure out just different, you know, options for how to approach a problem, something a little more dynamic like that. So, how it originally happened is a buddy of mine uh suggested starting a uh, junk removal company and I said initially I was like that's, you know, that's uh, I did not even know that's a real thing, uh, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> and I pushed back a little bit. I was like, "Really? Like that's a real thing?" He's like, "I swear." And then I just started learning about it, and I, you know, I just thought it was like such a cool idea. And um, and then yeah, so I left my job about you know six months uh, later, and um, yeah, just kind of took it from there.
1: That's awesome. So did you start the business with him? Are you guys partners?
0: Yeah. So that's uh, an interesting story. Uh, initially. Uh, we, we did, we did start off as partners, but that actually dissolved pretty quickly, even though he was the one who suggested the idea <laughs> to me, which is like, you know, pretty funny, but yeah, he wound up just being, you know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't for him. Yeah. But, but I loved it. And so, uh, so I was all about it. And unfortunately, uh, as you may or may not know in the state of New Jersey, it's extremely hard to actually get a Well, it's hard to do anything sometimes It's not, you know, the most business friendly state. Right. Yes, and so correct. So it took a year and a half to get uh, a license to do what I do. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a process, I know. I know. That was part of why my partner left is when he heard that he was like that's insane. I'm like I'm out kind of thing. Uh eh. It
1: was a blessing. The universe brought him into your life so that this would spark the idea. Right. So, you know, he played an integral role there. And then he knew that he didn't have the chutzpah. He didn't have the what it takes to run a business. And he did you a solid by just stepping out and removing himself so that you could take hold and, and really move forward.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what happened. Once I got all the ducks in a row, I um, I did all that. You know, it was it was a huge pain waiting, but it eventually came through. And then yeah, and I officially uh, kind of like relaunched about like a year and a half later uh, on my own, about uh, September twenty thirteen. So it's been about it's been about ten years at this point. Oh, now.
1: congratulations! Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> ten years—that's a huge milestone. Most businesses do not last ten years. That's amazing. Amazing. You should be very proud
0: thank you I am
1: so tell us about what it exactly is that you do
0: yeah so basically so we're a full service junk removal company the the concept of junk removal is not a totally new thing it has been around for you know forever technically because you know if someone need, you know someone got rid of the stuff right <laughs> uh, <laughs> right so it's not it's not new but uh, but what inspired me to get into the business was that I saw that there was an opportunity with uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, who's kind of the, um, the first one to take this and make it a franchisable concept, uh, something that's really scalable. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, exciting to me to, to see uh, how that was, uh, to see the opportunity there, uh, because I thought, you know, like, how cool would it be to be able to see this business you know, all around, uh, all around the country, which is, you know, it's my, uh, it's my ultimate goal. Primarily we have um, first location, second locations, kind of as uh, uh, we, we, we just opened. A small satellite, and then we're going to kind of build that one up too. To answer your original question, though, the kind of nuts and bolts of it, though, it's uh, it's pretty straightforward. People, you know, point to whatever they want removed, and then we just haul it away from there. Uh, but some other things involved in that is uh, really about and when why this is different than you know, olden times is this is the service element. It really it really comes down to, hey, are these guys are these guys going to be scary? Are they going to be rummaging through my medicine cabinet? Are they going to be you know the you know the whole thing, and so the guys are clean cut uniform background shack, all that good stuff to kind of make people feel safe and then uh, and then we do like a ton of training. one of the biggest things I find with people being happy in the service business is just be it's just treating them really well uh, because I found that if I treat my employees really well, you know it's just, I stretch my back you stretch, you know your back kind of thing, and it just kind of it just kind of it just kind of works out, but that's easier said than done uh, I don't know if you've talked to other businesses who may have maybe have struggled with that, but it's not the easiest thing.
1: No, it's it's never the easiest thing. People are what's going to bring you your largest profit, right? And they're also your largest struggle, (laughs) biggest challenge. Uh (laughs) But it's wonderful to hear that you know the value of treating your employees well and how, when you find good workers, people who are invested in what they're doing, and if you, you treat them as a valued member of the team, that you're gonna get that in tenfold back.
0: I really couldn't agree more. I live by the mantra of, uh, of uh, I got your back. That's one of, we have like a number of core values and that's like one of our top core values is I got your back. Because I find that if I make it very clear and there's a number of like, things that I do to show them that I have their back, the most basic one is just taking a genuine interest in them and just, just carving out the time to just, you know, what's going on, how you've been, and just, just talking to them like a, like a person. Cause that's something that's not always, you know, there's sometimes it's a more formal relationship and I find then you know, it creates this, they refer, you refer to the owner as, you know, as boss or boss man. And, uh, you know, sometimes that can be affectionate, but other times it's like, it's not great. It's like, you're over here, we're over here kind of thing. And it doesn't really work out as well.
1: Right, right. Now, give me a scenario of when I would call you.
0: So uh, the biggest thing is uh, when we have cleanouts. So anytime there's any unwanted items. So that could just be one item. So that could just be like that old tube TV sitting in your basement for 10 years that hasn't been used. You know, that could be those paint cans that you don't know what wall they go to anymore. Right. You know, we all have those piles, stuff like that. So yeah. Knickknacks or something. Right. So it could just be one or two items, just like that. But then up to big cleanouts, and that's when we're doing like full house. So that's when you're thinking so, like on the opposite side of the spectrum, it's not just a few things; it's everything. So it's like it's a it could be a hoarder situation. So we see those, and uh, obviously, you know, there's plenty to talk about there. But you know, or it could just be something right in the middle where it's more something along the lines of like. Right, I just want to see my, you know, see what my garage floor looks. I just want to park the car in the garage. And see what basement floor looks like, or something like that.
1: Got it. Got it. Okay. That, that gives some great examples. And I mean, this is labor driven job. So, what are some nuances about this type of work that many people would never know?
0: Uh, good question. So, I mean, I'd say some of the biggest things are going to be as far as the actual. Uh, lifting goes. This is one thing that people are always shocked by. And is like, is our guys are not necessarily linebackers. Well, you look like a linebacker. Okay? <laughs> you look like a
1: big, strong guy. And you're right. Immediately,
0: I'm envisioning
1: like six foot, 280 pound, like. Mm-hmm. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what a lot of people expect. But But our guys range from uh you know there are you know there are some bigger stronger guys but there's plenty of people who are not like that at all and uh and i mean like we have a couple guys you know they're they're not big at all they're almost on the smaller end frankly and uh, and we've had customers who actually you know especially if we're like you know like on the lower end of that be like you're gonna do this like sometimes they're, <laughs> they're shocked they're shocked they're, they're like alarmed they're like there's there's like no way and then they always immediately show like show them up right away because it's not about strength or size necessarily. Not that it, it helps. It can help. Don't get me wrong, but like, but that's not the whole, that's not, that's not the whole game. A lot of it comes down to technique doing the right form. And also, yeah, I mean, just the way people maneuver pieces, like, you know, let's say you're taking a couch down like a tight set of stairs, for example, there's a lot of times when in order to get it down, like let's say a twisting staircase or something, you know, that couch can be vertical. You know, it's not the normal way you when you think about moving, it's move, right?
1: Wow, I love that because being female in the skilled trades, I get that a lot. Many women get that a lot. So Mm -hmm. I love that it's physics, right? It's using your mind. And that's the biggest part of being able to stronghold, (laughs) Mm -hmm. maneuver heavy things. And like you said, of course, strength helps. But at the end of the day, even somebody who's like five five 140 pounds can <laughs> <laughs> move something mm-hmm. as heavy or as big as somebody who's six foot 280. So that's cool. What else do you think is in the back of the mind that somebody would never think of regarding this career path?
0: Other interesting things I would say would be when customers are very surprised. When they see how fast a lot of times we're able to get things done, because a lot of times people will be coming by and they'll think about how long it would take them to do it. And so they'll be like, oh, this is going to take you X amount of time. It's never really accurate, though, because there's so many like little efficiencies about doing things in, uh, in certain ways that, you know, speed things up. We use a lot of contractor bags, uh, you know, for example, uh, for things for just like really, you know, really quick sorting. And that, uh, and there's just like, you know, kind of like little things like that, that just really kind of speed up the time. The other thing that a lot of people are surprised about is, uh, is volume is uh, people's space, uh, you know, uh, spatial reasoning is uh, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a skill. It's a skill like, uh, like any other one.
1: That's so cool. That's so cool. Okay. So what is one of the wildest situations you found yourself in? Doing this particular
0: career? Well, I mean, how much time do you have?
1: Uh? <laughs> <laughs> What's the first one that comes to mind? <laughs> Something that just pops in that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so, well, I'll start with hoarders. So, and I mean, you know, and that's already such a such a huge category as it is. But there have there have been, uh, I mean, we see just so many characters like of all walks of life you know, that's the thing. It's not like we deal with the narrow demographic. It's it's, it's so all over the place. So, so we see them all. So typically when we work with hoarders, we work with someone else besides the hoarder, because the hoarder themselves usually just does not like they cannot, you know, for psychological reasons, let it go. It's just not, it's not going to happen. I know in the show, a lot of times there's someone kind of uh, with them doing it. Right. Some kind of
1: counselor or yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But that's, Thankfully, we don't have to see that because it's uh, as entertaining as it is on TV, in person, it's a nightmare because they, (laughs) yeah, because our job is to remove the things. Their job is to let as little things leave as possible. So, but so a lot of times when we go into the homes, they're no longer there, basically. And so, but as far as the situation when we go in, it's pretty much a lot like what you've seen. Sometimes we'll see stacks of newspaper kind of towering over the top. Um, Some of the craziest things I've seen. There was this one kitchen, I'll never forget, that had, like, the you know, the takeout counters with the different, like, sections, uh, the styrofoam, right? I remember it was one kitchen. They had, like, stacks up to, uh, almost up to the ceiling off the counter of stuff. Wow. Which is pretty icky, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. There was this one couch that... uh, we, were uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were told there was a couch. We were told there was a couch. we were told there was a couch. You can see the couch. There was a thin little strip on the top of the couch. That was the only way that I could that I know was a couch. No other way to tell. Yeah.
1: Now, do you guys have to sometimes wear hazmat stuff? I mean, some of those situations are sketch with <laughs> sanitary.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I remember the first time. Where it was just like this was just too gross to do it. I um, I so I remember I did I did the estimate and um, oh, this is a good one. So we did this house and uh, so I did the estimate and I'm with the uh, with the company who I was working with at the time. They were like, okay, yeah, it's just go in the house. Yeah, it's it's everything. <laughs> I was it's like, everything. Okay. It's the whole yeah. thing. just I was like, everything. you're not gonna everything the whole thing. You know, I was like, you're not gonna show me. And she was like, <laughs> and you, you know this is going show you. You yeah she's like, i'm not going in there mm. not, you're going in there i'm not going there and i was like, oh, like give me a break come on how bad could it be right uh, it was bad
1: yeah it was bad
0: yeah it was really bad did you go in in or did you stick your head in you're like yep nope i mean i mean i i was hired to do a job so i went in wow uh, but yeah mm-hmm. it was scary and yeah it was it was so sketchy that's uh, to say the least i went in from there and, you know, at one point, I'm, you know, I'm using a flashlight you know, just, to, just to get through here. Yeah, I don't know quite how far to, uh, to take this story, but um, if you really want to know.
1: All the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Challenge accepted. Uh, so, so basically, so I look on these stairs, and I'm like, hey, what's up? There's like a thin layer of dirt on the stairs. And uh, she's like, that's not dirt. Mm-hmm. Oh oh yeah it was like dry like a like a dusting of something i'm just like what the hell is that she uh nope not dirt not dirt i'll let you use your imaginations from there no uh, no no, no, no. <laughs> human
1: <laughs> extremist is that yes, is that where correct. oh that's correct oh, all over yeah. a thin layer just like like caked
0: on the stairs yeah walking to the walking to the bedroom and let's just put it this way there was one bathroom that was no longer in use um. uh for obvious reasons and then then and then in the master suite there was another bathroom that was no longer in use for same reasons and then it was a bucket yeah uh, there was a bucket and you know what the worst part is the bucket oh. was the bucket was full too oh
1: oh <laughs> ayyabe okay yeah. so goodness. that was the
0: grossest one that was uh that was the grossest um, but actually <laughs> something funny happened on that job too though they found seven guns in that same in that very same house. Seven guns, not in like a case or anything, like just scattered, like just like on the like laying around. Yeah, oh. laying around. So we, you know, followed p- protocol on this as you called law enforcement, right? Of course. So, <laughs> so we get the police over there, and uh, they would not go in the house either. <laughs>
1: You guys are the only brave enough ones to be like, all right, we're we're going in,
0: we're doing what needs to be done. Even the the police are like, nah, we'll leave the guns in there. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little shocking for me though, because I was like, hold on, instead of just being a little gross, you would rather my employees who are mostly in their 20s, you know, young guys, you're just like, hey, just go grab those guns and just hand them to me. Just these illegal guns or whatever. Yeah, we trust like, Who you. knows
1: where it's from or what, why it's there or, okay. hmm Yeah. Wow. Mm. I wish I could say that I'm surprised about that, but kind of not. <laughs> kind of not. I'm just popping in to let you know we have exciting things coming in 2024. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, follow, like, and share doing so really helps us reach more listeners like you now let's get back to the show okay so what type of personality would be great for this type of career path
0: great question so i do think about this a a decent amount and over the years i've kind of learned really what it comes down to is people who can't sit still oh nice it's a really good one for them because they will really like this because it's a fast-paced job. It's not something where you're just kind of sitting around. Like my guys, unlike other industries, if they're told they have to just wait or hang out, they go crazy. They yeah. like, they're like they like, give me <laughs> give me work to do, please. What do we have to do? I need to work. Like any of my good guys and people who are actually with me, that's way more of a complaint than there's too much work. They're like, don't keep going. They don't have to sit still. Uh, yeah, so that's one. Uh, number two is uh, working with your hands, mm. and uh, obviously that's going to be like a lot of things in the trade. The, a lot of the people they, they find it very satisfying. The ones who are, are happy here and have been for a while, they find it satisfying just seeing what happens after you clear everything out. And, you know, you see a garage and it's packed of crap, and then you know, and then all of a sudden they're you know you're sweeping it out, and then you know, and they're like, oh, I'm parking my car in this thing. They're so happy, you know, they're just like so happy and grateful sometimes because they just see this like the transformation and the satisfaction you get of, of of creating or clearing something like that creating a, a clear space is unique and uh, and nice for them uh, i think they i think they like that yeah
1: you get to see the fruits of your labor you really get to see from the beginning to end the project and the results of that and i'm sure the customers are very very appreciative so making somebody feel good and excited to have their new clean space it's a heavy weight you're actually lifting off of their shoulders
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly and i'd say the third thing is probably they like the physicality of the job you know they kind of view it almost as like working out like a Mm. like a chance to kind of get in shape and it's true because like yeah you do get you know you can get in like really good shape doing it that's actually part of how we uh, also like market the market the job too. you know kind of skip the gym come be a hauler, you know, haul this and get money, get, you know, get, get paid for hauling. Basically.
1: There you go. Better than a gym membership. I like it. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. You're very successful to be in business for a decade is a big deal. What tool is in your tool belt? What's something that you've carried with you along this way that has helped you been so successful?
0: There's a lot I could say, but if I had to, if I had to say the first one that comes to mind, I would say ability to do a lot of experiments, a lot of testing and measuring, and constantly being able to evaluate, learn from the failures and see, okay, that worked, that didn't work. It's inevitable that you're going to repeat some of those same, you know, like something, like some of the smaller mistakes, you know, might keep happening because, but like it's eventually you need to be like, okay, We've done this this many times. It seems that there is a pattern. Now that it's happened a few times, it seems like <laughs> this is a pattern. Okay, that's not good. So what can we do to change this? And so I have like a week, like now I have like a, you know a management team. We had a meeting just earlier today and uh, we just talked like, hey, this is happening. How do we make it not happen anymore? What systems, policies, procedures can we put in place? And so systematizing everything has really been one of the biggest ways to do that because if it's a repeatable process, then we know, hey, where is the breakdown? You know, And it's iterating. I mean, it's all about iteration. I mean, so it'll be one step where it's like, okay, there's, we came up with these five steps, but it might not still be working, but that doesn't mean that the whole process thrown out. It might be step three, maybe like th- there's a failure point right there, right? Like where's the point where it is? And then it's like, okay, now what about that is causing that problem? And then it's and then you gotta experiment again. What's this now? And then you gotta experiment mm-hmm. again. And then like, and until you keep doing it, and that's one of the biggest things that I was surprised about when I started is I first started building processes a number of years ago. I was just like, all right, so I forget it. Cool. We did it. We're all set. Process is done. i was right <laughs> or wrong about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you learned that that is not exactly what builds success. So it's constantly assessing, growing, and pivoting. You are mm-hmm. analyzing what works, what doesn't work, and always looking to improve.
0: Yeah, continual improvements is definitely huge, yeah.
1: That's awesome. Oh my gosh, Jeffrey. This is absolutely wonderful. Where can people find you?
0: Uh, yeah, so um, we, our website is uh, junkaholics.com, J-U-N-K-A, the letter H-A-U-L, junkaholics, love fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, th-
1: I love it, I love it.
0: Last three letters, I-C-S.com, and also junkaholics uh, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and so forth.
1: Okay. Can people reach out to you directly?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. They can, uh, of course, reach out directly uh, anytime.
1: Do you have email address that they could contact you on?
0: It's very long. It's, but uh, I will say it. It's uh, Jeff dot, last name N-A-E-E-M, N-A-E-E-M at junkaholics.com. Jeff
1: Naeem. Okay, I will put that in the show notes below. So anyone who is interested in reaching out to Jeff regarding this type of business, employment, or you need some shit taken out, (laughs) he's here to help you. Uh, It was a pleasure having you on The Sparky Life, Jeff. Thank you so
0: much for being here. Thanks for having me. So nice meeting you. Thank you for joining
1: us. If you felt a spark in today's episode, I invite you to write a review. I'd love to hear what lit you up. Take what resonates with you. And if you'd like to hear more of the Sparky Life, please subscribe, like, follow, and share. Until next time, create the sparks in your life.